Exodus. Exodus 16. While you turn to that, I want to say thank you so much for your generosity and your kindness. And we are just overwhelmed by just how kind you have been to us. Um, Been looking at Exodus here recently in my own studies this week, this past week, I guess. And um, the next chapter, I think it is, just right after this, we see Moses up on the mountain while there's a battle going on in the valley with Amalek. And there is a connection between Moses having his hands up in the air to the victory of the people of God. But Moses is not superhuman. Say, well, God can do a miracle. Maybe you're who he wants to do that miracle through. Because Moses in his weakness, his hands start to get weary and they start to fall. And I'm sure he did the best he could. But thank God for help. Aaron and her went over there, sat him down on a rock and held his hands up in the air. And, uh, and there was victory that day. I thank God for folks that are helpers. Uh, I want to tell you, I am not superhuman, no surprise. And, uh, I've got a lot going on between my ears and some of it I'm just trying to make sense of some days, but, uh, God, God's put us together. And I thank God for my friends, my family, my help. And uh, you're such a blessing to us. And I, I, want, I want to see you in heaven. You know, the next chapter from that battle, Moses goes and uh, meets with his father-in-law, Jethro. And uh, they're talking about how good God is and what God's done for the people of, of God and, and testifying about how awesome it is. And then Moses gets to work and starts to kind of help people do what he does, you know, try to, try to bring peace and unity. And, and Jethro said, what are you doing? What is this all about? He said, well, I, I got to try to help people get along and make decisions. And he said, you know what? You need some help. Moses, if you don't have the right kind of help, you are going to wear away. You know, I've heard a lot of times preachers say, oh, I just want to want to burn out for Jesus. You know what? You don't need to burn out so much if you have good help. And I'm thankful for people that don't just sit back and expect a good performance, but they're willing to just step in and say, is there something I can do to to take some of the load and to help somebody. And, and I appreciate that. I appreciate you appreciate your kindness. Thank God for people that have that understanding because one thing I've never tried to do, I've never tried to build myself up as somebody who's just got it all together. And, and, uh, just, uh, I, I'm telling you what I, I need your prayers. I need your patience. I need your help. Amen. Because there's times where, where I, I know I, I, I've got it all figured out. And then, oh, I've forgotten or I missed something. Or you know how it is, I guess, right? So I appreciate my brothers and sisters. You are so, so, uh, such a blessing to us. And God bless you for that. Exodus 16. Let's pray. Father, we love you. Thank you for my brothers and sisters. Thank you for, Lord, their love, their kindness, their faithfulness because of you. Lord, it's because of you, Lord. And, and Lord, I know, God, that, that your blessing is upon what we're doing here today, Lord, just to uplift you and to draw closer to you together, Lord. God, I pray that you would speak to us, give us ears to hear what your spirit would say to us, and Lord, we'll give you every bit of the glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody said amen. amen. Exodus 16, and they took their journey from Elim, 
And all the congregation of the children of Israel came into the wilderness of Sin, which is between Elam and Sinai, on the 15th day of the second month after their departing out of the land of Egypt. And the whole congregation of the children of Israel murmured against Moses and Aaron in the wilderness. Children of Israel said unto them, Would to God we had died by the hand of the Lord in the land of Egypt. You know, when folks get carnal, when they allow their flesh to to uh, get too strong in them, they'll say some of the dumbest things. I wish we would have just died in Egypt. When we sat by the flesh pots, we had... When we did eat bread to the full, for ye have brought us forth into this wilderness to kill the whole assembly with hunger. Sound like a bunch of little brats. Then said the Lord unto Moses, Behold, I will rain bread from heaven for you. And the people shall go out and gather a certain rate every day, that I may prove them whether they will walk in my law or no. God's got a plan to, to prove us, to teach us. Shall come to pass that on the sixth day thou shalt prepare that which they bring in, and it shall be twice as much as they gather daily. And Moses and Aaron said unto the children of Israel, At even then ye shall know that the Lord hath brought you out from the land of Egypt. How sad is that? He's going to prove himself to you. You know, why were they doubting? Why were they doubting? And in the morning, then ye shall see the glory of the Lord, for that he heareth your murmurings against the Lord And what are we that you murmur against us? Moses said, that shall be when the Lord shall give you in the evening flesh to eat and in the morning bread to the full for that the Lord heareth your murmurings, which you murmur against him. And what are we? Your murmurings not against us, but against the Lord. God bless you. You can be seated. I want to preach just a little while. About things that God takes personally. Things that God takes personally. Things that happen that you can say, I'd never say that to God. I'd never say that about God. I'd never do that directly to God. But yet God takes it personally. See, God has his eye on you. Amen. He cares about you. He has given you promises, and he has proved himself faithful to every one of us. Amen? Amen. Somebody say, he's good. He's He's so good to his children. And when we partake of all the blessings of God and all the kindness of God and all the promises of God, and then we face a challenge, we face a difficulty. And we know you've heard me say it. Seems like maybe at least one service a week. I'll tell you, hey, don't give up. <clears throat> don't get discouraged because things aren't easy. It's going to happen. Read your Bible and see all the battles and the giants and the walls and the lions and how many different ways that there's adversity in the Bible. Don't think it's strange concerning the fiery trials which are to try you. But just like the children of Israel that had Victory over the Egyptians, protection during the plagues. They saw the Red Sea open up. They had just had a miracle of the healing of the waters at Meribah. The bitter waters were there. They cried out, complained. God said, just cut a tree down and 
put it in that water and it'll be sweet and you'll be able to drink it. God just is there. God's your trial's not too big for him. Your battle's not too big for God. He's already shown you how faithful he is. But sometimes people can be prone to complain. And they did not directly say, God, why did you let this happen? God, it's not fair. But, you know, a lot of times uh, what will happen is the, the, the church or the ministry or somebody that represents just sold out to God, loving God, knowing his will, knowing his word, standing for that. And you get in the line of fire. And Moses and Aaron think it was said here tonight already during uh, testimony time about sometimes it's hard to figure out how to not take it personally when people can be so cruel. But Moses and Aaron said, who are we? We're just obeying God. We're not the ones who opened the Red Sea. We're not the ones who brought you out of Egypt. We're not the ones who, you know, we're just following God. But they tell the children of Israel, your murmurings aren't against us, but they're against the Lord. That's something else altogether that we have to recognize. Number one, God takes when we complain about our situation, our circumstance, and we don't go to prayer, excuse me. We don't go to to saying, God, I've got a promise. I'm going to hold on to that. I'm going to get somebody else to pray with me about something. Amen. And we start to complain and say, why me? Let me tell you something. God takes that personally. Your murmurings are not against us, but against the Lord. God hears everything you're saying. Haven't I done well, good for you? Haven't I taken care of you? Haven't I given you promises? Why do you feel like it's all going to fall apart if you don't just step up and do things your way? Why don't you trust me? Why don't you? The Bible talks about in one place he had a plan for them to go into the promised land and to be blessed and to. And the Bible says they provoked him to anger. They got angry that day. They said, "We're going to stone Moses. We're going to raise up a leader and 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 go back to Egypt." What was back there? What was back there after God just completely destroyed that land? Amen. What was back there? It was a, just a memorial of the power of their God. And yet they kept saying, nope, we're not going to go into the land that flows with milk and honey. We're not going to believe God to fight these giants. We're going to raise up a captain and go back. The Bible says it provoked the Lord to anger. The Bible says that he, he took it personal. Had an evil heart of unbelief. When God said you're going in. You're going to be victorious. And they saw the enemy. They saw the problems. They saw the adversity. And they did not see the God that said I'll supply all your needs. Uh, There's no weapon that's formed against you. That's going to prosper. Greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. (coughs) Yeah. He took it personally. Because he's the one that promised them the victory. We preach to you what God says. We preach to you what the Word says. We stand for what God said. This is right, and this is what my commandments, and this is what will bless you, and this is what will satisfy you. Moses said, who am I? Who who are we that you're, 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 you're complaining? We just want to lead you 
in God's will. Praise God. First Samuel. First Samuel eight. There's a situation where the children of Israel now are following Samuel. They look around. Now they're in the promised land. They look around and they say, hey, we're different than everybody else. We're kind of the oddballs in the amongst all the nations of this world. We follow God. We have a prophet. We hear from God. Isn't that great? Isn't that amazing that God would do that for you? And Yeah, but we want to be like all those other nations, so we want a king. But God's got what's best for you. God's got what, no, 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 I can't live like this. I, I need a king. We, we need God to, to just understand that. Uh, and Samuel says, what? Do you realize what's going to happen when you, you're going you're gonna to be drafted into to the, the war? You're going to be taxed. You're, you don't need a king. They said, we want a king. We want to be just like all the other nations. Amen. Samuel cries out to God and begins to weep and the wail and say, God, it's just, it's so horrible to see them. Just every time I tell them how great you are, every time I tell them how, how good you've been and how you're going to take care of us, I know it seems like, like you can't, but God, you've always been faithful and we can, we can make it. We're going to be all right. And the Bible says in first Samuel eight, verse seven, the Lord said unto Samuel, hearken unto the voice of the people. That is really one of the scariest thoughts that I see in Scripture. Reminds me of a man named Balaam who kept asking for God's will. Finally, God says, go ahead. I can't change your mind. Just go ahead and, uh, and do what you, you want. I've already told you my will. And the Bible says as he goes, the angel of the Lord was by the road with a sword drawn, ready to to kill him. There was judgment. Now, God allowed a pardon for a short period of time, and that judgment didn't happen that day, thanks to his donkey stepping up and saying, hey, what's wrong with you? <laughs> Even the donkey had more sense than this man who was so centered on his will. But later on, you'll find out because of his uh, his counsel, he was destroyed in a battle later on because he he helped the Moabites come up with a plan that uh, he said, I can't I can't curse them no matter how much money you give me. I can't curse Israel. But I'll tell you what, if you bring your daughters in and prance them around in front of their boys, you'll get them. They will fall and they will be destroyed from their covenant with God. Amen. Because their covenant with God was more important than anything to God. And uh, he said, you'll get them to mix. And then you'll get them to get their mind off of the things of God. And, and judgment will have to come because they're going to backslide. And then when the battle came, Balaam was destroyed. Samuel was told by the Lord, hearken unto the voice of the people in all they say unto thee. For they have not rejected thee, but they have rejected me that I should reign over them. God takes it personally when we 
have an attitude of complaining against the hard times. God takes it personally when we reject the preaching of his word. That is, thus saith the word of the Lord. I'm not talking about my opinions and, or my ideas or some great story that I have to tell. But the word of God is the word of God. It doesn't matter how it comes across, how it is, how it is uh, uh, delivered to you. The word of God is truth. Yeah. Amen. You can have your ideas of how it's going to work out and how you're going to... Hey, the Word of God is still right. Yeah. Paul said, shall we sin that grace may abound? God forbid. When we reject God's purpose and God's plan and can't just say, hey, I just want God's will. I'm, I'm going to not my will, but thine be done. But we want to fuss and we want to fight and we want to try to figure out how we can have our will and still be saved, have our plan come to pass and still still go to heaven. And God says, they haven't rejected you. Oh, I don't like the way you preach, preacher. I don't like the way you come across. I don't like all. God says, Mm-mm, that's my word. That's what I said. I, I recently have had a situation similar to, to in some ways to this. If God really really help me have some peace about some things. I say, God, how can I, how can I get it across that I want to make sure somebody's saved. I want to make sure they're on their way to heaven. And God says, I told you, just preach the word. Amen. Preach the word. Instant in season, out of season. You, you preach that word. That blood is off your hands. Amen. I, it does. I believe in going to my friends. I believe in counseling them. I believe in trying to encourage them and I'm available. But he's called me to preach the word. And the word, praise God, is what's going to make you free. But uh, we get a lot of ideas. Oh, you know what? I just don't like the way that that look in your eye when you preach. Hey, I'm going to tell you what. That's not going to stand on judgment day. I'm just not sure that that you come across in a way that I'm going to tell you it's got to be the word of God. And people that love truth and want to be saved are going to say, thank you, Jesus. Preach to me, preacher. I've got to be saved. I'm not looking for somebody who's trying to be Mr. Personality. I'm looking for somebody who'll get me and my family to heaven. The devil's been fighting. The devil's been tearing us up. We need somebody that's going to take that sword and not spare. Amen. Amen. God bless you. You can be seated. It don't matter. I said, I've said it. It don't matter who it's in. It doesn't matter. Praise God. If you want to be saved, if you want to be saved, you're going to have to say, not my will. Not my will. It's not what I want. Not what's easy. Not what people want out of me. I just want to live for God. And you can go all the way to your grave saying, well, that preacher don't love me. That church don't love me. Uh, you're going to find out what love is. Got that same spirit on you that, that they say, oh, they're homophobic. They don't love nobody. They're transphobic. They're so mean. Oh, no, it's just the truth. Amen. It's just the truth. Amen. It's a devil. That's just the truth. We want to set, see you delivered. Amen. We want to see you helped. Amen. Well, praise God. You go down the list. God says, don't be deceived. Fornication, adultery, idolatry. Amen. Being effeminate, abuses themselves of mankind, homosexuals. Amen. We're not picking on anybody. We're picking on sin and recognizing that God wants to make you free. Well, praise God. Oh, you shouldn't talk that way. Hey, we, we don't believe in doing it. We don't believe in getting what somebody said about boundary. Get as far away from it as you can. 
Amen. There's just some things that aren't appropriate. Amen. You, you're crossing some boundaries here. Amen. Uh, I'll tell you one of the most, most dangerous things. I got it turned off, but, but I'll tell you some of the stuff that goes on. Hallelujah. You, you oughtn't be texting anything that's inappropriate. You oughtn't be putting things online that are inappropriate. Amen. You oughtn't be having any kind of conversations that are ungodly. Amen. Well, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. It's just, it's just, just the word of God. What have happened to churches? So full of it. I'll tell you what's the problem. There's a lot of it. I didn't expect to go all this, but, but it feels good to know you're in the spirit of God. There's too much of it in the pulpit. So they don't, and, and if it's not in the pulpit, it's too much of that love of money, that greed that says, hey, I don't want to tell the truth and see somebody free. Amen. But we love people because we don't want to see them lost. Don't want to. Well, thank you, Jesus. I'll tell you something happened early on in our ministry. Bittersweet. A lot of you uh, never met our good friend, Junior Lively. But you know what? The night, uh, the night before he passed, had a brain aneurysm, and uh, he was in church. He had a headache that was uh, was the beginnings of that fatal aneurysm, and he did his best to shout and dance and worship God. There was a little time just a few weeks before that I sat down with Junior, my friend. Didn't feel comfortable. Didn't feel like it was convenient for me. But I said, you know what, Junior. There's some things that I feel like God's leading me to talk to you about. And I don't want to hurt your feelings. I don't want to, I don't want you to feel like I'm, I'm not your friend, but I want, to, I want to help you with some things. And he received it so beautifully and thanked me for that and, and made, made a change just that day. That, and I think about that. I think about what it would have been if I would have said, no, I want to be careful and I don't want to hurt my friend's feelings. And what if I push him away and I just let that go? And he went into eternity. Well, praise the Lord. I'm going to tell you what the Bible is, is, uh, is what we stand on. It's what we live by. And it's not always just what we like or what we feel is, is, is what we want. But it's always right. And it's always good. And you live your life. If you build your life on the foundation, you'll be like that wise man that when the rains come against your life and down the road, when troubles hit, you're going to be glad you stood with God. Oh, if I could tell you something, I, that, that in my life there have been decisions that were made, storms we've gone through, my wife was sharing. But today I thank God, thank you that I stood firm. Thank you that I live for you. There's things that I'm reaping today because it wasn't easy. It wasn't, wasn't convenient. But I said, God, this is just what your word says, and I'm going to live by that. And today I'm so glad I did. Amen. God takes it personally. Are murmuring, are complaining. He hears that. It's uh, like somebody said, it's faith in reverse. <laughs> Amen. When we reject God's word, Acts 9. I want to end on a, on a more positive note, I guess. I guess it depends on what side of the equation you're on, though. It's all positive if you're living for God. If, you're, if you've paid the price and you're saying, hey, this is what I love. Keep preaching it. 
That's what got me saved. That's what got my, gives me joy. It's what got me out of trouble. Amen. It's what gives me peace. Acts 9 verse 1. Saul and Saul yet breathing out threatenings and slaughter against the disciples of the Lord. Went unto the high priest. Desired of him letters to Damascus to synagogues. That if he found any of this way, whether they were men or women, he might bring them bound unto Jerusalem. And as he journeyed, he came near Damascus, and suddenly there shined round about him a light from heaven. He fell to the earth and heard a voice saying unto him, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? He said, Who art thou, Lord? The Lord said, I am Jesus, whom thou persecutest. It is hard for thee. He's not asking him. He's telling him. Yeah. You can put a smile on your face. You can act like you're just all that and more, just walking around like you've got authority and you've got it all together. But you've got a conflict inside you. There's a battle going on every time you storm into a church and you see the joy on their faces that you don't have. That peace that Stephen had when you stood by agreeing to their murder and you snuffed out his life and you saw his face like an angel. There's a conflict in you. It's hard to kick against the pricks. But listen, let me tell somebody here today, God takes it personally how people treat his children. Amen. God takes it personally. When God's people are being persecuted, the, the Lord spoke to him and knocked him off his, his beast there, whether it was a camel or a horse, we don't know. But he said, you're persecuting me. God tells us in Matthew 25, Matthew 25, in the last days in judgment, he's going to separate the sheep from the goats. Amen. Depart from me, you cursed into everlasting fire prepared for the devil and his angels. I've had people say, I don't like to hear about hell. You guess you don't read your Bible. Guess you don't like what Jesus has to say. Oh, I love Jesus. I just don't love hearing. You know, he just loved folks. He loved them enough to warn them about hell. He talked more about hell than he did heaven. Amen. Yes, he did. Because he came to seek and to save that which was lost. He wanted to rescue people from hell. Amen. I didn't come up with it. Amen. Verse 41 of Matthew 25. Then shall he say unto them on the left hand, depart from me. What a horrible thing. You try to just please everybody. You won't take a stand to live for God, to serve God. You won't draw the line and say, no, I'm not going to bend. I'm going to live for God. I'm going to love God. I'll tell you what you're going to hear. Depart from me. Depart from me. That's going to be the worst thing. Oh, but they put pressure on me and they, 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 they try so hard to, to, to make me feel guilty. When Jesus says, depart from me, you cursed into everlasting fire, prepare for the devil and his angels. Listen to this now. Listen to what he says. For I was hungered. And you gave me no meat. I was thirsty and you gave me no drink. I was a stranger and you took me not in naked and you clothed me not sick and in prison and you visited me not. Then shall they also answer him saying, Lord, when saw we thee hungry, thirsty, stranger, naked, sick, prison, didn't minister to you. 
right? When do we see all these things? When you did it under the least of these, my brother. I know I'm paraphrasing, but just for sake of time, I want you to understand something. God sees the battle you're going through. God sees how people do you wrong. And he's not just sitting by, not getting angry. Amen. He sees your hurt. He sees your tears. The Bible talks about him just bottling them up, something precious to him. He cares about the cries of his children. And he takes it personally. Amen. Jesus said to Paul, you're persecuting me. Praise God. God, God cares about you. And we're living in this world as, as much as I have preached a warning and preached against sin tonight. I want to tell somebody yet here today that God cares about your situation, cares about your heart. Sometimes living for God and taking a stand brings you into a place of, of loneliness. God will be your best friend. He'll be a lily in the valley. Amen. There's, there's nothing wrong with that. There's, nothing, there, there's some, of the, some, some of the most precious people in this church know what it's like to go through loss and, and, and to be alone and to find, find a friend like Jesus in that time. Amen. Well, thank you, Lord. Sometimes when you draw lines in your life and you stand for God and have to stand against the, the influence of the world, sometimes you're, you're beaten down and you're mocked and you're ridiculed. Hey, read your Bible. There on the day of Pentecost when the Holy Ghost was poured out, they mocked and said, these folks are drunk with new wine. You'll see it over and over again. Anybody that tries to live for God, serves God, you'll see that mocking. But Jesus will draw close to you and you'll have something more special than anybody can ever give you. Because he sees your pain. He sees your broken heart. Situations that we have experienced. I say we, not just me. But as a church and hurt that we have felt from family, from, from, from our own children at times, from our loved ones that we care so deeply with. And, and it hurts more than, than you ever imagined. But that's when God just steps close to you and puts his arm around you. And as a friend, amen. Listen, God, God sees. It's amazing to me. I've never really preached a whole lot about it. But in your New Testament, it talks about about not seeking revenge. But you know what? The Lord said, I'll do it for you. Vengeance is mine. I will repay. Amen. God says, I, I, I've, I, you think I'm going to hear my children crying unto me night and day and not avenge them speedily? God cares about you. Don't give up. Don't give in. Don't, don't let up. Keep living for God and know that he's got a plan to kick you through. When you start trying to adjust things to try to please people, try to make it easier on you to try to figure out how you can just compromise, listen to me. You, it's a mistake. Because the price you pay to live for God, you, you just don't know how God just does exceeding abundantly more into your life when you stand for him. And even though it's hard, even though it hurts, even though your, your heart just is broken at times, God, God pours in that, that healing balm. And, and, and you, through all that, grow and and see God work in such a beautiful way. 
God sees your tears. God sees your pain. God sees the hard decisions you have to make. And he'll draw near to you if you'll let him and guide you every step of the way. Through the valley, he's such a good God. Amen. He's such a good God. Let's bow our heads in prayer. Oh, I love you, Jesus. I don't always say the right things. I don't always have words. and But God does. God has a way to, to speak a word to you in, in due season. He has a way of just being there to help you when you're fearful, to help you when you're hurting, to let you know. When you make the hard decisions to stand, do what's right. When you see so many people going the wrong way. Jesus will be a friend to you. Bring something into your life that satisfies. He'll take you through work together in his plan for good. Oh, hallelujah. Let's reach out to him. God, we love you. This altar's open. If you can, come pray before we leave. Oh, help us, Lord. Help us. Help us, Lord, to just trust you. Say, how can I do this? And how can I follow God? He's going to make a way. You just trust him.
Bible says in an hour that you think not. He's going to return. Will He find you faithful? Lord, I, I don't want to have a complaining attitude. I don't want to have a murmuring spirit. I want to have faith in me. Well done, good and faithful servant. Not depart, for I never knew you. Lord, help us, God. Let's all stand again. Lord, thank you for your presence here this day of services, God. What a blessing it's been to be in your presence, God. And I pray for each one that's here today, God. I pray that you would help them, God, in the battle that they're facing, God. Give them the overcoming power, the victory. Lord, to just continue on serving you. We love you so much. Keep us safe as we travel. Keep us in health, Lord. and Shine your light through us for your glory. We love you. We thank you. We ask it all in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 God bless you, church.